Tonight, God's Word comes to us from Exodus 25, Exodus chapter 25. We're going to begin our reading at verse 23 of this chapter and then read through verse 30. Exodus 25, beginning at verse 23. What we hear now is God's word. You shall make a table of acacia wood. Two cubits shall be its length, a cubit its breadth, and a cubit and a half its height. You shall overlay it with pure gold and make a molding of gold around it. And you shall make a rim around it, a handbreadth wide, and a molding of gold around the rim. And you shall make for it four rings of gold and fasten the rings to the four corners at its four legs. Close to the frame the rings shall lie as holders for the poles to carry the table. You shall make the poles of acacia wood and overlay them with gold and the table shall be carried with these. And you shall make its plates and dishes for incense and its flagons and bowls with which to pour drink offerings, you shall make them of pure gold. And you shall set the bread of the presence on the table before me regularly. Here we end the reading of God's holy word. Well, we continue this evening looking at the tabernacle and its furnishings that Old Testament picture, that Old Testament pattern of heaven itself. Those Old Testament shadows uh, pointing us forward to the work of Christ. Uh, Both his completed work, his completed work of salvation, we saw that in the bronze altar in the courtyard, and his ongoing work of renewal in the basin for washing. We have moved from the outer courtyard and the altar and basin into the holy place. The holy place where there are three uh, pieces of furniture. The golden lampstand we talked about last week. uh, The altar of incense we will talk about next time. And the table, which we're going to talk about this evening. And, And the table is a little different picture than the others we've looked at so far. Because we're not going to talk just about the table, but maybe more so about the bread on the table. In that bread, we see, perhaps even more fully than the table itself, a picture of the work of Christ for us. So this evening, uh, the table and the bread on the table. Uh, We see that, as we've seen in the past, uh, all of this is done according to divine instruction. Verse 23, you shall make a table of acacia wood, two cubits shall be its length, and a cubit its breadth, and a cubit and a half its height. Uh, You shall overlay it with pure gold and make a molding of gold around it. God gave specific instructions how this was to be constructed. Table of acacia wood, overlaid with gold. Now last week we saw the lampstands made of pure gold. This also gold overlay. 
And you know why that is, kids? If I asked you, why is there gold here different from the bronze that was out in the courtyard? Because we are getting nearer to the presence of God. And as they would approach God, the, even the, the materials that they were building with became more spectacular and more glorious. So gold overlaying this table. It was to be placed in the holy place. And not in the courtyard, placed in the holy place. And as we saw last week, that was a place for ministry. A place for the ministry of the priest on behalf of the people toward God. As such, the holy place was a place of meeting between God and his people. In fact, sometimes it is called the tent of meeting, where God would come and meet with his people. And that idea of a meeting place is really at the heart of the picture that we have here in the table and the bread. A meeting between God and his people. And, and as such, there is a a Godward focus of this meeting, the people towards God, but also a manward focus, the blessings that come from God to the people. And we'll see both of those in the table and the bread. A Godward focus, the people coming before God, and a manward focus, the blessing God gives to his people. On the table, the table of acacia covered with gold, there was the bread. In verse 30, called the bread of the presence. And you shall set the bread of the presence on the table before me regularly. The bread of the presence. Literally, uh, the bread of the face. Uh, it's the lechem panayim, the bread of the face. The bread which, which is right there, which is so obvious, which is seen so clearly. The bread of the presence, the bread which would, which would speak... Speak almost on its own. Place this bread before me. A picture of, of coming into the presence of God with bread on the table. These were the instructions that God gave to his people, that God gave to Moses. And this bread, then, has a particular symbolism. Now, to get that, I would encourage you to turn to Leviticus 24 in the Scriptures. Turn to Leviticus 24. There we have the bread described. Leviticus 24, I'm going to read the verses 5 through 9. Verses 5 through 9. The instructions regarding the bread. You shall take fine flour and bake 12 loaves from it. Two-tenths of an ephah shall be in each loaf. And you shall set them in two piles, six in a pile, on the table of pure gold before the Lord. That's the table we're talking about. And you shall put pure frankincense on each pile, that it may go with the bread as a memorial portion, as a food offering to the Lord. Every Sabbath day, Aaron shall arrange it before the Lord regularly. It is from the people of Israel as a covenant forever. 
And it shall be for Aaron and his sons, and they shall eat it in a holy place, since it is, since it is for him a most holy portion out of the Lord's food offering, a perpetual dew. This was the bread, the bread of the presence, to be made in 12 loaves set on two piles, six in each pile. Uh, we said at the very beginning of this series, to, to beware of looking for symbolism where there is none. I do not believe that there is anything significant about the fact that there were two piles of bread, nothing symbolic about the fact there was six in each pile. But there certainly is something significant about the fact that there were 12 loaves made. 12 loaves to be brought into the presence of God and placed on the table. These 12 loaves would be a symbol, a representation, for the 12 tribes of Israel. Notice verse 8, Every Sabbath day Aaron shall arrange it before the Lord. It is from the people of Israel as a covenant forever. It was, it was their representation in the holy place. Because you remember, they could not go there. The people could be in the courtyard, in the outer area, but in the holy place, this was a place where the priest would go. And the priest would bring in this bread as a picture, as a representation of the people themselves going in. And so we notice a couple of things about these loaves, this representation of the people. And one thing we notice is there was no distinction between the loaves. They all were the same. Now, certainly, the tribes of Israel were different. They were of different sizes. They had different tasks to do. But, but when they would be brought symbolically into the presence of God, any differences, any distinctions that they had would fall away. And they would all symbolically enter his presence on the same basis. They would all come into the presence of God on the same basis. No distinctions between them. And that basis was that they were sinners in need of a Savior. And certainly the same is true for us today. God has provided us with different abilities. He's given different tasks to do. We think about that work in the church. There are those who serve in the office of elder, in the office of deacon, in the office of minister of the word. There are those who play the music for us. There are those who run the sound for us. Those are those who usher for us. There are those who teach for us. Those who take care of children for us. All these different gifts and, and abilities, and we're so thankful for that. But when we come into the presence of our God, those, those distinctions fall away. We all come in needy. We all come in unworthy in ourselves. We all come in 
recognizing that we are entering the presence of a holy God and our distinctions fall away in light of his greatness and his glory. No distinction between the loaves. And, and all were represented in the loaves. It was a picture of each of the tribes of Israel. Adults being represented, children being represented, the whole body of, of the Israelites being represented, brought in the presence of God. So too it is with us in the church. It is for all. It's for adults, it's for children. Children, it's important for you to come to church. It's not just for the big people. Not just for the big kids. Church is for everyone. It's for all of God's people. We all come together, those who are older, those who are younger, all of us being brought into the presence of God. We have different abilities, different tasks, but as we come to worship, we share a common identity, and that is we come needing a Savior. We come needing something beyond ourselves. The 12 loaves brought in to the presence of God. Now, in, in Leviticus 24, when it describes these 12 loaves, uh, you may have noticed it doesn't use the term bread of presence. It doesn't, this is not, it doesn't refer to it as the lechem penayim. It uses a different word for these loaves, a different word for this bread, and that word is chalot. This is the chalot that is brought in. Now, I don't want to make too much of that or see symbolism where there is none, but the, the, the connotation of chalot has to do with a bread that is perforated or a bread that is pierced. There may be, there may be an allusion here to Christ himself. Now, whether you agree with that or not, we can talk about that another time. But certainly, when we think about the bread being brought in, it does not only refer to the people, but certainly does refer to Christ as well. Christ himself refers to himself as bread. And I would suggest what we're seeing here is the picture of Christ as the true Israel of God. These loaves not only represent the people in themselves, the people of Israel, but the true Israel, Jesus Christ, the one who was promised, the one who fulfills all the Old Testament prophecies. That's the burden of the Gospel of Matthew to demonstrate how Jesus is the fulfillment, is the perfection of Old Testament Israel. This, this bread represents Christ on behalf of the people. Coming into the presence of God through Christ, in Christ. Coming before God's face, He is the true Israel, the true Son of God. And it's only in Him that the people could approach. So this bread has this, this sort of twofold meaning. Yes, it's a picture of the people, the 12 loaves, but it is one bread that is brought in. A picture of the 12 tribes 
but also of the true Israel. One bread, the Lord Jesus Christ. And in him, just as they would have their entrance symbolically into the holy place, so too we approach God in Christ. We must never forget that. We don't approach God as we gather for worship. We don't approach him on our own merit. We don't approach him because of who we are in ourself. But we, the only reason we would dare to enter the presence of a holy God is because of Jesus Christ. We approach in him with our sins washed away by his blood. We just sang about that, the blood washing away our sins, being clothed in his righteousness. We talked about that this morning, the righteousness of Christ given to us. We approach in him, Christ representing the people before God, that, that, that Godward focus of the picture, of the meeting, the people coming into God's presence, Christ there as true Israel, allowing the people to enter the presence of a holy God. That's the, that's the Godward focus of the picture, the symbol. But there is also this manward focus, the blessings that come because of the bread. Uh, this bread was given as a provision for the priests. Verse 9 of, of uh, Leviticus 24. It shall be for Aaron and his sons, and they shall eat it in a holy place, since it is for him a most holy portion out of the Lord's food offering. The bread was for eating. No surprise. <laughs> That's what bread is for. The bread was for eating. It was for the provision of the priests. It provided their most basic need. And as such, it was a gift from God that he called them to bring this bread of the presence in that they might eat. They might have their basic needs met in the bread given at God's command. A provision from God to us. And again, we see how, how this idea of bread links in with the life of Christ when he himself describes himself that way. I'm thinking of John chapter 6. Maybe make a note to yourself. Read John chapter 6 later tonight or sometime this week. John chapter 6, I'm going to pick up reading at verse 25 where we hear uh, this. When they found him, that is Jesus, on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? He answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, you are seeking me not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Jesus then said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and give li gives life to the world. And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. The, the manward side of this meeting, the blessings that come to us in this meeting, is God's provision. The provision of our most basic need. Just as bread would provide the most physical basic need for the priests, 
In the bread, it's a picture of Christ and his provision for our most basic spiritual need. What is that need? It is the need for him. It is the need for him who is the true bread from heaven. Jesus says, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger. Whoever believes in me shall never thirst. Jesus, the bread of life, gives the most wonderful blessing, provides our most fundamental need, and that is himself. Jesus meeting the needs of his people. And so he calls once again this evening to recognize him as that true bread from heaven that one who came down, that one who would meet with his people. Jesus Christ, Emmanuel, God with us, meeting and interacting with his people that we might know the glorious gift of salvation. This is, this is a part of the picture that's given to us, the blessing from God to us in the picture of the loaves. Jesus says in verse 47 of chapter 6, Truly I say to you, that whoever believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness and they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven so that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. Jesus talking about giving up himself, giving up his body, for the sake of each and every one of his own in the world. And he says, he says, I'm the bread of life. Believe in me. Whoever believes has eternal life. Do you believe that truth? That Jesus Christ is that one necessary, fundamental, basic spiritual need, the one who gives us life and life eternal. He calls us to put our faith in him. This bread was to be brought into the, in the presence of God in an ongoing way. Back in Leviticus chapter 24, we read in verse 8, Every Sabbath, Aaron shall arrange it before the Lord regularly. Every Sabbath, there was to be new bread brought in. Every Sabbath, this bread replaced. There was a weekly pattern that was established for this blessing that would come from God. And we think about that. The weekly pattern of, of that bread of life being provided. God continues that weekly pattern even now. As week after week, the bread of life from the Word of God the bread of life, the truth of Jesus Christ is, is laid before us as a gift from God. An ongoing weekly pattern of hearing that glorious message, feeding on that bread, feeding on that word. We gather for the public proclamation of Jesus Christ, the word of life. That bread broken for us, Lord's Day after Lord's Day, to feast upon, to enjoy, to, to savor 
God, God blesses us every Lord's Day with the opportunity to enter into his presence as his people, come before him and, and, and eat once again the meal that he has provided in the ministry of the word, in the ministry of Jesus Christ, the bread of life. There's one more little detail we're going to look at in the table and the bread. And this is back in Exodus chapter 25 once again. Exodus 25, verse 25. And you shall make a rim around it, a handbreadth wide, and a molding of gold around the rim. There was a rim around this table. Now, kids, what was that rim for? What did that rim do? Well, very simply, it kept the stuff on the table from falling off. That's what the rim did. It kept the bowls and the dishes and the flagons described here, it kept them safe on the table. They wouldn't fall off. And here we see really the two pictures of the Godward focus and the manward focus intersecting. When we find ourselves entering into the presence in the light of who God is, that, 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 that Godward focus, when we find ourselves entering into his presence, we hear his direction, his instruction, his word, the word of life given to us, the manward focus. And, and when we listen to that, when we follow and walk in the way of that word, we are kept safe. We are kept from falling off the table. God, God welcomes us to enter into his presence through Jesus Christ, the true Israel, and then instructs us and directs us, and this is how you shall live, and this will be a rim around your life. This will keep you safe. Now, it doesn't mean our lives will always be easy, but they will be protected when we find ourselves determining to follow in the Word of God, a Word that applies to us, a Word that applies to our life in, in the various ways in which we live our life, in our homes, in our education, in our recreation, in our vocation, in all of these ways. Having approached God, having heard from Him, we pray that God would now now keep us safe in his hand as we, as we are moved by the Spirit to follow the instruction he has given to us. That God would and men would focus coming together in the safety we receive from living according to his word. The table and the bread. A little different than the pictures we've had so far. Uh, more so, perhaps, about the bread than on the table itself. But a picture of, of coming into the presence of God, his people being brought in, the 12 loaves representing the people brought into God's presence through Jesus Christ, the one true Israel. And the picture by which God continually provides ministers to the priests as they would daily have their, their basic needs met 
And God does the same for us. Through, through the preaching of the word of life, the bread of life he has given. And when we take that word to heart, when the Holy Spirit applies that word to us, we are living inside of the rim of that table. And God watches over, and God cares, and God blesses. We are so thankful for the, the richness of the pictures God gives us in the table and in the bread. Let's join together in prayer.